0: We really are off to an incredible start. We have just sensed some great things. Let me testify for just a moment. Uh, Last Sunday was just a pace-setting day. Uh, Pastor Barry set it all up in the first Sunday of the year with his message. He didn't play his trumpet, but we've forgiven him for that. Uh, He's going to play it next time. And then last week was pace-setting. We even had an evening gathering and such a strong presence of the Lord with us as we sought him and prayed. And then we moved into the week. And on Wednesday, there is a chapel uh, that's held for our secondary students at Summit Christian Academy. And the the Holy Spirit just moved in upon the student body. They were at the altars, 100% of them, just seeking God. It was an incredible thing happening there. The Lord, 334 teenagers filled this room on Wednesday night with a passion for God. And it was amazing. 334 teenagers right here worshiping Jesus. And those students are challenged in that atmosphere to worship, to connect with each other, connect with God, to be open to the Word. And it was a strong challenge about living a life of priority and godliness. On Sundays, there is a gathering for students between 6th grade and 8th grade. They have their own gathering. It happens right now during the 10-30 hour. And then 9th through 12th have their own gathering. And they're challenged about moving out of the big gathering on a Wednesday night to a discipling time, and then they also have small groups that meet on Sunday nights across the community. They're also geared up by age so that they're connecting with students their age. We have had 80, 85 attend just between 6th and 8th grade, 85. We have hit an all-time high. I just got this report while you were giving that right now we have 110 teenagers between 6th and 8th grade. Just between that age group. That's phenomenal. A Sunday morning. And I want you to know, many of them were in the 9 o'clock gathering right here. And then they go to that time where they're just challenged with God's word and discipleship. I praise God for that. That's good. We're growing. We're coming alive at a new level. And that's the theme. It's for people who have never experienced Christ as their Savior. It's for Christians Because Jesus said, I have come that you could have life. It's life at another level. I want that. I want more of that. I want to go to that next level. I want us to go to that next level. I want to challenge you from the book of Romans today. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to have verses 1 and 2 come on the screen. That'll be the starting place. Uh, If your version is not exactly in alignment with this one, then... uh, You just read along because the the truth is the same. Notice it says, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me pause and say, aren't you glad? And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Reading verse 2 in the New International Version. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Here's the context. Chapter 8 starts because of what's going on in Paul's life that we see and read about in chapter 7. Chapter 7, Paul says, what I don't want to do, I keep doing. What I should do, I'm not doing. I'm in this place... As a follower of Christ, he's a Christian. He's writing from a a Christian struggle in Romans 7. Here's the life I know I'm saved to, but I'm struggling living up to that. Here's what I shouldn't be doing, but I keep doing it. And so he summarizes his attitude and he says, I'm miserable. Have you ever been there? Jesus came to give life, but often we're in that misery, in that cycle of defeat, even in slavery. To the things we don't want to do. So he comes in Romans 8. And he says the starting point of victory. Is to know that by the blood of Jesus Christ. Shed for us when Jesus died on the cross. The victory of his resurrection over death and sin. Means that for you and me. There is no condemnation. You start out knowing that by the power of the blood of Jesus. You're clean. You're forgiven. If you. We are willing to confess our sins, John writes. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. There's no condemnation. And then he says, for the law of the spirit of life can make you free from the law of sin and death. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. He says there's going to be a way to experience that life that you've been wanting to live. Let's think of the law of sin and death through the metaphor or illustration of the law of gravity. Gravity says, if it goes up, it it has to come down. Bringing that into the law of sin... You can get excited on a Sunday because of the energy of the atmosphere, the power of the word, and you can say, things will be differently this week, but if you don't walk in the power of the law of the spirit, then you quickly are pulled back from that expectation back down to the things that you're doing that you know you shouldn't do, and you live another week in the misery of that situation. However, if you look at the law of the spirit of life through the illustration of the law of aerodynamics, which says with enough speed and thrust, even though there is a law of gravity, you can overcome the law of gravity and you can defy the laws of gravity and you can soar and you can sustain flight, even though the law of gravity is still in operation. It just has lost control. Taking that illustration, we learned that if we understand what it means to embrace and walk in the spirit of life, that even though the law of sin is always going to be there and temptation will always be there, sin will like be lurking at the door and seeking to, to drag us down and keep us down, there is a law that can set us free from the law of sin and death and it's the law of the spirit of life even though the law of sin is still in operation, it has lost its control. And now I'm delivered to the life that I know I should live. Now I can actually live it up and live it out. You've got to walk in the law of the spirit of life. Which one are we walking in? When we think about walking, break it down. Let's see walking as, first of all, direction. I'm going in a certain direction. Then dependency, I'll put... One foot in front of the other. And when I take this step, my dependency is on this leg. And then my dependency is upon this leg. And then there's consistency as I put one foot in front of the other. Direction, dependency, consistency. If I walk in the flesh. You're going to hear that kind of terminology in the church. It means doing life my way. It means I shape my own perspective of how life should go. So that's my direction. Then my dependency is upon human effort, willpower. I'm going to do the best I can do. And my consistency is this. It's, it's consistent, consistency in an inconsistent life. It's just a roller coaster. I get excited. I get this sense of expectation that my life is going to change. But then I'm pulled back down because of the law of sin and death into that inconsistent life carnal Christianity compromising Christianity and so I'm vexed with what I should do but I'm not what I'm doing that I shouldn't and I'm miserable this is a word to the church Paul's writing to himself he's writing out of his own experience we all know what this is like and he's going to give us some help he's showing us how we can break out of this cycle now take your Bibles and go from verses 1 and 2 and skip down to verse 5. See what we learn. Romans 8, 5. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. but Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You see, the emphasis on life brought by the Spirit, and where you see the emphasis on death, it's because of the sinful nature, and all of this starts in the mind. If I'm going to walk in the Spirit, it is because I have set my mind according to the way of God. If I'm going to walk in the flesh, I have set my mind according to my own way, my own opinion of life, and that has become my target, that has become my direction. And if I walk in the flesh and I do life my way, we see it play out in defeat and misery. So Paul's saying if I'm going to set my direction in a way that will lead to spirit empowerment which is dependency on God and lead to a consistent Christian life, then it starts in my mind. That's exactly what we saw in Ezekiel 37. Outward change starts on the inside. It's got to start with the way I think. And so he says, letting my mind be controlled by the things of God, by the Spirit of God, means I am embracing God as the one who sets priority and agenda for life. So that's my direction. If I've been walking in the wrong direction, in the flesh, I repent, which means to turn. Now I reorient myself to the ways of God. I turn to His Word to answer my questions. I turn to His Word to establish how life should be lived out. To establish priorities of God and family, myself, my calling, my career, my talents. All of those things, those directions are set by God's Word. Now, I move into this empowerment of His Spirit which is in me to follow through so that I get to the destination. Alright? So let's use, first of all, direction embracing God's way. This is what it means to walk in the Spirit. Secondly, dependency. I need power to take these steps so that I fulfill who God has created me to be and what He's asked me to do. How does that work? Imagine going and buying a new car. You've signed the papers, the deal is done, you have the keys. You put the keys in the ignition and you turn it so that it releases the lock system, and you can put that vehicle in neutral. You put it in neutral, you haven't started the engine. You've just put it in neutral. And then you get out of the vehicle, and you go and push your brand new car all the way home. The energy, the frustration, the strain. And let's say you bought it on Saturday. You wake up on Sunday morning. You go outside, put the key in the ignition release it so it's in neutral, and you push that new car all the way to church, the strain, the frustration, you meant to come to the nine, but you didn't get here until now, or, or maybe like those who get up at the crack of noon and you come to the 12 o'clock service. You get here, you know, you, you're here, and, and we're just thinking, why are they doing that? Why, why would a person do that? Because you know under the hood, you've got this powerful engine. And if you ignite that engine... What you're pushing, you realize, has the power so that you can depend on its power. You don't have to push that car. It has something indwelling it so that it can pull you and deliver you to the destination you're going. You set a direction, you kind of gone to church on Sunday morning, you ignite that motor, you set it in that direction, and your vehicle successfully delivered you here today. You had a part that you were participating in, which will always be the key. But you have in you this indwelling spirit at salvation, so that when you set the direction of God's way, you now have this this engine of God's power that you can depend upon so that you can move in that direction, which is then empowering the consistency. Now you've broken out finally of that old way of life and you're experiencing life at another level and the law of the spirit of life has made you free from the law of sin and death and you're moving on to experience all that God has created you to know. You're coming alive at a new level. Think with me as we consider this whole idea of spirit empowerment, of just trusting Him and relying upon Him. I mean, are we are going to live another year in the despair and the defeat, in the misery of that attitude that says, I know I need to change? Maybe what we need is not to set New Year's resolutions as the first act. Maybe we need a New Year's Resurrection. Maybe resolutions will never be accomplished if there's not, first of all, an igniting of the indwelling Spirit in us as the people of God, empowering us then to follow through on the resolutions. This is all in Romans 8. Look at verse 11. Here's what it says. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, Lives in you. That is amazing. Notice what's inside of you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He will give life. To your mortal bodies. By this same spirit. Living. Within you. Other versions say he'll quicken life. He will give life. The same spirit. That raised Christ. We can spend another year working harder or trying to put enough, come up with enough willpower to change or we will finally realize that in us is a life-giving presence that will empower us to take the steps that form the life, that lead in the direction that God has for every one of us. And that's life at another level. Let me add to this whole idea of direction and dependency and consistency. Let's just make an acronym out of life. First of all, let's use the letter L and let it, remain, let it stand for love. What manner of love is this that God would consider us His sons and daughters? Pastor Mark led us in singing, I am pouring out my praise on you. I am pouring out my love on you. We couldn't even do that if He hadn't first poured His love out on us. The Bible says He lavished it on us. And He did it while we were still sinners. Now, this is where Christians could get really excited. Because you realize you're only who you are by grace, you're where you are by grace. Any hope for the future is by grace. The indwelling spirit. The operative power of God. The operative grace of God in your life. So that you actually can change. So that resolutions can actually be accomplished. Because you've experienced a resurrection of God's spirit inside of you. The indwelling spirit that will empower you to be the person. And you have actual joy and strength and passion and accomplishment in your life. It's not a self-help talk. It is a spirit-empowered talk and influence that gives us the ability to actually progress in life. I don't have to be who I used to be. My past doesn't have to be my future. There is power in God to actually break out of this rut of carnal Christianity, routine Christianity, compromising Christianity, and live free. And live in a fullness of God's presence and love and grace. I get excited when I think about the love of God that has enough strength to deal with any fear we have. The love of God that has enough strength to give us a sense of who we are in God. In this culture with such lost identity and confusion about identity, the power of God's love can speak to that. The power of God can bring healing through his love in a troubled heart. Life begins with the power of God's love. And it moves to an intimacy, a closeness, an awareness. He's with you. He's in you. He's on your left. He's on your right. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's above you. And he is in front of you. There's nowhere you can go that he's not. David said, I can make my bed in the lowest place. I can make my bed in hell or I can soar in the heavens. And yet he's there. He's alpha and omega and all points in between. God is with you. He's Emmanuel. That's awesome. That's awesome. How many of you have been to a 3D movie? Let me see your hand. And and you know that the the idea is that there's a depth to the picture that you don't have if it's not 3D. And and at times, it's like things are coming off the screen. 3D television now. And really, to me, the only thing that does is put a depth there. But nothing necessarily comes off the screen like, like it's right there in your lap. Now, you go to Disney World, and you go to a 3D Show at Disney World, and you will get a 3D experience like no other. Went to a Bugs Life 3D experience, and these bugs were on the screen. I promise you, they came off that screen. I felt them run by my feet. I felt them come up my chair, walk, crawl all over me till I was getting the willies right there. And that it was amazing. It was 3D. I'm telling you, it, they were close. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like it was. It was there. Here's here's what I want you to know. The power of life is this. Jesus is close. These words, if we don't operate in the law of the spirit of life, these words, they're just words on a screen. The scriptures are just scriptures on a screen. They're just words on the pages of a book that will create some excitement while we're here. But before the day closes, we've experienced defeat and we're back in this misery of what we're doing that we shouldn't do. What we want to do that we're not doing. And we live in that misery. We live in that slavery. And when you live that way, God seems very distant. The law of the spirit of life brings him close. Makes him real to you. He's not just the God of the Bible. He's your God. He's not just this God that occasionally gives you this sense of his closeness while you're in church. You realize he's with you every day, all day. You can wake up in the middle of the night with some troubled thoughts and quickly coming into those thoughts and overpowering those thoughts are God who says, I am with you and I'm more powerful than anything against you and peace floods your heart and floods your home and you know that he's there. Praise God. Driving down the road, coming coming here, there, it doesn't matter. He's there. Psalm 121 says, God is our keeper. He watches my coming in and my going out. And he will not suffer my foot to be moved. My God is not a distant God. He's close. He's there. He's with us. He's with me. He is with you. Don't do a day without a sense of God's closeness and power. Life says he loves me. Life says he's with me. He's with me. Praise God, we're not alone, we're not isolated. He's with us. F stands for freedom. Because he died and rose again and he saved you that you might be free. Don't get comfortable in some prison of sin. You've all been amazed by stories of people who spent years in prison and when they finally were paroled and they were able to go free, they couldn't function in life. Because prison had become their home, too many Christians, too many of us, learn to cope in this place of misery, wanting to change but not. Setting a New Year's resolution, and here we are, just a couple weeks into the new year, and we've already blown it, and we're we're, just—it's just going to be another year, and we're just going to cope. We're going to try to manage our prison. We're going to try to worship through our own personal prisons. We're going to try to paint a smile on our face through our struggles and our sins. And we're just going to push the car to church again. Instead of allowing the engine to ignite and the spirit of life that is in place. To prove its power. To help you overcome the law of sin and death. The law of sin still operational but no longer in control. And so I'm free. I'm free. E stands for empowerment. It amazes me. That as we study the scripture, the limits that are on us when we're living according to this sinful nature. And then the unlimited opportunity that we can experience when we live according to the spirit of life. How many of you have read the scripture where the Bible says of you and me that we are more than conquerors? Think about that. There's another verse that says we are more than overcomers. How many of you have read that one? Okay. Who's living that way? I'm not just conquering. I'm experiencing more. I'm not just overcoming. I'm experiencing more. Do you know why the Bible would call us more than conquerors? Because you have more than a conqueror who indwells you. Do you know why the Bible calls you more than an overcomer? Because more than an overcomer indwells you. You can push your life back to church one more Sunday, or you can ignite the spirit of the overcomer, of the conqueror who indwells you, Who will help you move to a whole new level. While sin is all around and operative, it is no longer in control. You have a new direction. You have new dependency. It's the power of the indwelling spirit. And now you've moved into an incredible consistency and you are amazing yourself because you are not who you used to be by the power of the spirit of life come alive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Turn God loose in your life. Listen, there's no way we'll experience this if all we do is think about God, seek God, and read the Word of God on Sunday. We must be deeply convicted of our need to seek God, read His Word, pray, consider him, meditate on the things of God between Sundays. If all we ever did was eat physically on a Sunday like once a week, we will have no sustaining energy to fulfill vision day after day after day after day. We'll come in on a Sunday and get just enough to get our excitement of the potential that we have in God renewed, but because that's the only meal we've had, By about four o'clock, that energy, that excitement, that new expectation, the law of sin and death like gravity begins to pull us right back into the life we have been living. And the only thing that sets you free from that is to seek the Lord, to seek his face, to read his word, which ignites that indwelling spirit in you that is more powerful than anything formed against you. What would happen if we give ourselves to seeking his face every day? Praying as we have never prayed before. Praying and reading his word as we have never done before. Think of the kind of empowerment that there would be in our life. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10. The life of Jesus. He was looking at the church that was struggling but they were starting to grow. And he says the life of Jesus is being made manifest in you. The life of Jesus, you're telling me His life can be made manifest. It can show up in me. Yes, how? By the Spirit of life, by my relationship with the Spirit, by seeking God and allowing the indwelling Spirit to to give me the strength and the empowerment to walk in freedom and the closeness of God. Rayleigh, she's our great niece. She lives in Manassas, Virginia, or actually, it's Gainesville, Virginia. We got to spend time with her while we were home on that week at Christmas. She's really talking now, starting to put words together. Amazing to just spend time with her. And we went to this restaurant right on the Potomac River. It's called National Harbor, a beautiful place. All of our family, Kelly's dad and stepmom were there. Her sister, brother, and their three sons, and the oldest of their sons is married. And he and Brittany have little Rayleigh. We were all there. Rayleigh was sitting with us, and after we'd been sitting there a while, you could, I mean, I was wanting to get up, much less a little, oh, it's like, and so I, I used Rayleigh to deliver myself. Anyway, uh, I said, Rayleigh, don't you want to get up and go walk around? I said, let me take Rayleigh. We're going to go walk around, and we're walking around, and she's pointing us stuff and talking, and there, there was this bouquet of balloons that were filled with helium, and they were tied, and, man, they were there, and she's. She's looking at him. She starts saying, boom. And then we looked out the windows over the harbor, and somebody had turned one loose. And there it was going over the harbor, and it was just rising and soaring and soaring. And you could see Rayleigh. She looked, and she looked. She goes, boom. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you, are are too much like this balloon that's filled with all that it needs, but it's still tied down. It's got all the potential, but it hadn't fully started walking in the spirit of that potential. And if you'll start walking in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is your direction, your dependency, and your consistency, You won't be this this nice-looking, look at all that potential life. You'll be, wow, look at the soaring, unlimited freedom of this other one. And the Holy Spirit said, are you going to lead a church that's filled with all the potential but yet still tied to the old life? gets excited that they could soar on Sunday but because they're tied down they keep walking in that restriction Monday through Saturday or will you talk to them about what will release them to soar as the life of Jesus is being made manifest in them? will you let them live another year in the restrictions of being tied to the sin nature or will they live a year of being released finally Free, moving forward, depending on the Holy Spirit, and just soaring to a whole new place in God. And as I watched that balloon soar over the harbor, I just saw all of us sensing the love of God. That intimacy, the closeness of God. He's not God on the platform, He's not God as words on the screen, He's not God just on the pages of Scripture. He's my God. He's with me. And He's real to me as you are. He's as with me and I know it as I know you're sitting in front of me. Will this be a year of that freedom? When thought patterns and habits are changing. I'm living in this victory now. The fruit of the Spirit is starting to show up. Thank God. I'm experiencing this life that I've preached. And then what kind of witness is that? If we're a bunch of miserable people between what we should do and what we're not doing, what kind of witness will we be? But if we are sensing His love, His closeness, His freedom, and His power, who will not want what we have? Oh, church, could we open ourselves to the unlimited power of the indwelling spirit and walk in the spirit. Starts right here. It sets my direction, my dependency. And consistency in God doesn't deliver us from struggle. It delivers us to experience him in struggle. And when you experience him in struggle, you experience joy in the midst of the The struggle which produces strength. And with this, I close. As you begin to depend on God, there will still be struggle. But as you as you choose to hold to God, He will give you this perspective. It's that celebrating progress, remember? And as we celebrate progress, not perfection, we see the destination where we're a long way, but we're progressing and we celebrate it. That gives joy. That releases strength. What's that strength for? It's empowerment. To take another step. And another. It's empowerment to say, you know what? It's Life's not easy, but I'm consistent. No longer... When Peter said, be sober because the devil goes about, I don't think he's saying, quit drinking! <laughs> and I don't... Have you ever just talked yourself into a corner and you think, well, then what is he mean? Now, what I'm saying is, keep your emotions under control. Keep your emotions. Stuff comes along, and because we're not walking in the Spirit, we can just be pulled right down in despair, right down in it. Look at the And we get negative, and we get downtrodden, the Bible says, and despairing. Peter says, be sober. Your enemy that Satan himself goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that sin nature will always be operative. But because you are remaining sober in your emotions, the fear of that or the possibility of that doesn't pull you down. You're walking in the Spirit. You see it for what it is, and you deploy the weapons of the overcomer that is in you, of the conqueror that is in you, and it becomes what you could have done but you didn't, Thanks be to God who's giving me the victory in this journey. And it becomes a point of celebration. Even temptation becomes a minister. Struggle becomes a minister. Because you see what you could have done, but by the grace of God you didn't. You see the defeat you could have allowed, but by the grace and spirit of God you didn't. And you're consistent in your emotions and in your disposition. And you don't live this frantic life. Your life... It has a form. The Valley of Dry Bones, they came together. There was form. And then spirit. See, the tied down balloon has form. But the spirit has not been acknowledged so that there's release. In the American church with our focus on education and what we can do. We end up with form and organization. But we miss power. And all of my education will not reorient me to God and give me the ability to change my own life. But the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead can make it happen. Oh, I just got to stop because this is the victory right here. Forgive me if you think, man, he's like screaming at us. I'm passionate. I believe in your freedom. I don't care if you do, I do. I believe in the freedom God has for me. Whatever the stronghold, whatever the issue, you're more than a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer. Live that way. Turn loose the spirit of the overcomer, the conqueror that dwells in you.